Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. This week we have Justin Ishmael on and it is incredible. He works tirelessly to bring toys and art and creative things through his company Ish and you don't want to miss it. You can support Toys on Tap by following on all socials at Toys on Tap. You can like, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get podcasts. And if you want a little bit more of Toys on Tap, like the nitty gritty, you can jump on the Patreon at patreon.com slash toys on tap. Now let's get to this episode, Toys on Tap. That's such a good way to start. Um, but okay. yeah, welcome to Toys on Tap. Thank um, you. Yeah. I came across, what's cool is I came across you only by accident. Like you were in the email thread to help produce the Ferb Zerker. Oh, is that it in the background there? Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. I haven't, uh, I've just seen the photos. Yeah, I haven't seen it like in person or anything. It's cool. Yeah. And I just. Yeah, are, um, are you happy with it? I'm stoked about it super yeah. stoked um and so it was like seeing um you in the email and just trying to figure out like who is this person that is now yeah. but it was like awesome because you had insight into what i was doing and then looking at your uh like all the projects that you've been a part of it was like oh this is this is good this is a good person to have like <laughs> looking at my work so i'm stoked oh, to have you on yeah thank you I'm excited to do this. Like I said, I don't really do a lot of these. So as you can see with the setup, it's like, okay, what do I do? So yeah, no, I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Um, so uh, let's start by having you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Justin Ishmael. I have my own company called Ish, um, justinishmael.com. And I predominantly make collectibles. You know, and I, I kind of like to keep it uh, uh, open, you know, like it, it's not specifically this or that. Um, I do, uh, as you know, like toys, like figures or statues, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Vinyl, like work in Japan with Sakubi stuff sometimes. Um, a lot of people know me for like screen printed posters. I did that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Still do that, but very specifically. And then I've been doing uh, comics recently as well. So, but in the past, I've done records, I've done VHS tapes, and you know, conventions and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, no shortage of anything, and which is crazy. Um, so I think the the best way to go is like. Where did this all start? Walk me back. Let's even say back early childhood with toys and your relationship with toys, Saturday morning cartoons, all that. What are the toys yeah. you had growing up? Um, I was – it's funny because I think when you're a kid, you know, you're not aware. It, those things just kind of exist, right? Yeah. Like you, you get – you get those things purchased for you and you're excited, but you don't really know that like they cost money or, yeah. you know, like you, you beg your parents <laughs> to buy them and stuff. But I was looking at photos and I was like, wow, I had a lot of stuff. Like there was a, there was some collector or like store skimming their walls 
and I was showing it to a friend and I was just like, I had like every single one of these and it was mm. like a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I remember having like baskets full of figures, like turtles, like mainly like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, like real Ghostbusters, uh, Thundercats, lots yeah. of Masters of Universe stuff, kind of the 80s, 90s, um, you know, even up to like, I mean, I, I've really kind of never stopped collecting figures. Mm -hmm. I've, or, you know, being interested at least, even if I'm not buying, I'm still, like one of the big things I do when I go to stores, like big box stores, I'll go through the toy aisle and just kind of yeah. like look and see what's there. Uh, even if I don't, I, I mean, I rarely buy anything there at like Target or something. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of was into toys, um, cartoons, and, you know, I think the thing that's carried over with that is like, I just love animation to death, love, mm -hmm. love like movies in general, but um, and then like comic books, my grandpa would bring me like a brown bag of just random stuff. Like I never read like a series. It was just always random stuff that he would get, which is really cool because it introduced yeah. me to like, you know, whatever, like X-Men versus Dracula was like one I remember getting. And it's like, wow, this is crazy. They're fighting Dracula. Um, yeah, he was really into Gru. And so, yeah, like I, I was I was kind of uh, in and out of comic book stores a lot when I was little. Like no one worked there. No one owned one. But, you know, I always... Like even even now, um, but especially back when I was a little kid, if we travel, I'd look in the phone book and find the comp comic book stores and be like, yeah. "Hey, can we go to here? Can we go to here?" And I still do that. Like, um, they're less, you know, not necessarily less and less, but you know, I like older stuff, and that that's getting harder with back issues and stuff to find places to have those. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What's crazy? I so relate to the like not reading series and stuff, but just reading. Yeah a mismatch i had the worst collection of comic books growing up it was like whatever i could get my hands on and i just remember reading through them and them just getting destroyed because i had no concept yeah. of like sure collecting yeah and the one that comes to mind is this issue with thor and beta ray bill and i read mm. through, i had to have read it a million times because that thing was yeah. shredded by the time yeah i got older there was a Punisher 2099 book that I read in the store and it stuck with me and it was yeah. really like horrifying. Like someone, he shoots, someone shoots someone with this bullet and the bullet starts, it gets into the vein and it starts moving through the vein, going to the heart to okay. kill the person. And it yeah. was just, it was just so, cause it, like, you know, the illustrations and stuff, I, I still have it. Like I, I, I found it and rebought it cause it was so crazy, but yeah, there's, it's weird how like, you know, there's, huge event kind of comics like yeah. dc versus marvel and the death of superman and stuff and those are cool but like the little little moments in comics are just like whoa like what sticks with you randomly like that yeah, yeah it's interesting as you progressed and then since you never got rid of toys like some of us like i got rid of all of mine at one point yeah um i'm assuming you dabbled in art so that you got to this point so what's the art look yeah like as you got older? <clears throat> um i i uh recently found my sketchbooks from that era and it's definitely like drawing stuff out of comics and yeah. wizard and that sort of thing so yeah i mean i i was trying to be like i, I really wanted to be an inker mm -hmm. i think for me i really was into like wizard would have these tutorials would be like how to ink and it'd be like jimmy palmiotti would would be like the ink, showing you how to ink stuff and yeah. how to do like splatter to make like stars or you know stuff like that 
and then I also wanted to be like an editor. So I think it was always kind of like, I never wanted to be like the main thing. I wanted to be kind of like working as part of a team type of thing. Like I always wanted to work in like the Marvel bullpen. Like I always mm-hmm. thought the idea of like a group of, you know, like, like baseball, like, a, like I was always, I played sports. So it was like team sports. I always liked a lot. Um, so yeah, I always, always wanted to do that, but you know, art, I mean, I drew probably up until I started at Mondo and then you know, like, like I'll do sketches and stuff here and there if I want to show an example of something, but it's very rare. Like yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, uh, I started painting um, again a couple years ago when I started to get stuff from Japan, like toys. Because mm-hmm. those, if you don't know anything about Japanese toys, they're they're almost like uh, kit centric in, in the sense that you have to like build them yourself. Like you have yeah. to cut all the joints and you have to heat them up and assemble and then paint them a lot of times. So I taught myself how to use an airbrush and how to, how to actually like paint mm-hmm. um, physical like figures and, and Sufubi and toys and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I've never really had like, it's always been kind of for fun and I've never really had a desire to be like a professional artist. It's yeah. weird when people ask me like, what do you do? And I have to try to explain because I don't necessarily look at myself as an artist. Um, but, uh, I guess you could say that it's like non-traditional. Like I don't draw the posters and I don't like sculpt the thing, but I kind of like art directed and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, I, I really, I think the thing that serves me well is I have such an appreciation and like a desire to support the artist Mm -hmm. and to make sure they're, um, they have a clear path and a clear, um, explanation of what I'm wanting them to do or in terms of like posters or toys and stuff like if you're working with a licensed property it's kind of like what are what what do we need here and yeah. so yeah I try to I try to always be there and to give notes and and do that sort of thing to to kind of make it the best it can be which it's crazy to see the work that has been produced by you and the stuff that you've done and then also hear the phrase i don't know that i'm an artist like those in my head are really hard to reconcile so where does that come from for you that statement of like i don't know that i'm an artist or it's hard to tell people that well it's fun it's like i'll meet new people um Mm -hmm. like i i literally was at this place yesterday and this woman was like so what do you do and i i still have trouble kind of explaining it yeah I was like, oh, I have this business and I make toys. And, you know, a lot of times they're just like, you know, I'm like going to be 40 this year. So like, I guess my age, when you say I make toys, they think it's going to be like sex toys or something. I'm just kind of like, no, it's like, it's like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's either it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Or I'm confused and I don't know what this is, but I don't know. Like I, I definitely should figure it out, but I just always, I'm like, eh. If you don't know what it is, it's going to be really hard for you to understand what I do. It's like it's hard, like an elevator pitch of what I do. Like I do screen printed posters and limited edition comics and you know toys. And like if you don't like if if it's the right person, they'll be like excited. And a lot of people mm-hmm. will bring it up. They're like, oh yeah, like Mondo. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Mondo. Like that's what I did. Like that's yeah for sure. So then that's that's like easier to explain when they know they have something to grasp onto. But. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't have any ego about wanting to be an artist or whatever. Really, yeah. like I don't need I don't need to tell people like I'm an artist. Like yeah. I think it's I think it's like so awesome, and 
if I was drawing for a living or doing something like that for a living, maybe I'd change it. But I just think that like, you know, I'll still, I guess I'll fumble with what I'm doing and what I am for a, a little bit longer until I figure out the specific thing yeah. <laughs> to what to say. We, it's this weird catch 22. If you say you work with toys, they're like, oh, you're just a child or whatever, or you're working sure. again with like the sex toy thing. But if you right. say you're an artist, they're like, oh, you, like you just are a struggling person that just sells like pottery or something. You're like, nope, there's, right. there's middle grounds here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm, that all being said, I'm very proud of what I do and yeah. I love it. And I think I'm doing what I was um, kind of like when you were talking about like a little kid, like, what do you want to do and stuff? I think that this is exactly like, I would be like eighth grade me type thing would be so pumped. Mm-hmm. Like would be so proud of me and so excited. So I, I just kind of like have to do it for me and not try to like impress other people with it. Yeah. Um, and really try to be like happy with what I'm doing and, and, and proud. Like I love the people I work with. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love it. Like, I think it's so cool that they get to see like their thing in person and get to hold it. Like get to see it on the shelf, like the Berserker thing in the background. Like it's so yeah. cool that it's like, it's like a real thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I, wouldn't change anything necessarily like i wouldn't draw harder i wouldn't do this harder i mean i think i my um skill set is what it is and it's not like you know jason edmison or something like it's Mm -hmm. like he's amazing and i could i'm sure i could have practiced more and whatever but i just think some people are meant to do that stuff and some people are meant to be like me and i think i have a place i have a place too in this business or the war or the world or whatever you know so yeah yeah, heck yeah, you have a place. Um, when you, I mean, moving through that, you get your first art style job, and what what is that feeling like to do it to work in the like collectible scene? What is that like when you get that first one? Um, I think it was kind of like a. I hope I don't screw this up, or yeah. do I know what I'm doing? Type of feeling. And being, you know, because there's there's always that like armchair quarterback type mentality of like, oh, yeah. they they should do it like this, they should do it like this. And then when you're actually able to do it, um, I think that's a completely different thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it was like nerves, but I think nerves are good. Like nerves can be like a a signal that you're in the right place or you're doing the right thing or mm-hmm. it's it's going to be good if you're kind of that like excited, nervous about it um like you have that like good anxiety about what you're doing and i hope this turns out good and whatever so i've learned to kind of not like shy away from that like if i'm like doing the scott pilgrim uh action figures or just like i guess not action figures but like the figures we did with brian liam alley that was one where i was just like okay cool this is my first like not marvel legend style by any means but like five and a half inch like you know they they're posable like a lot of my stuff has articulation but it's not like y'all doing like my galagantis i don't know if you've seen that it's like the two-headed mm-hmm. giant figure from japan that has articulation but it's not like elbow joints and stuff it's yeah. like very like simple like neck turns arm goes up and down like it's not yeah. <laughs> um you know it can stand one way like that's that's what we were doing there and that's and that's its own set of nerves and things but i think that the uh first time doing something is always like okay 
I don't really, you know, I have a good idea of what I'm doing here, but I hope it turns out okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's been, you know, we did our first, not our, not the first, very first comic, but we just did the lenticular TMNT one recently. Mm -hmm. And that was a big one where like IDW had never done a lenticular, they had never done any specialty printing for like gimmicky, like nineties kind of like printing like foil or whatever. I, at least what they've told us. Um, so that we were the first ones to do that. And it was kind of like, I uh, hope this turns out okay. Cause we're really, <laughs> we're really pushing it and we're really kind of promoting and, and people are excited. So and it just came in yesterday and it came out great. So yeah, really excited, really proud of that one. Which I do want to walk through. I have like a list of like five specific ones that are just, you look at those pieces and you're like, how did this come about? But yeah, um, sure. When did you get to the point where you wanted to start your own venture, your own ish? You wanted to do that. When did that happen? Um, I ran Mondo from 2009 to 2015. And when I left that, uh, I had a real hard time figuring out what I wanted to do just because that was like I had planned out like five years plus of Mondo projects in all areas, like brought toys there, soundtrack stuff, like everything was there. So it was kind of like fighting against myself in a way, but like, mm-hmm. like, what do I do? Cause I've got, I've, I've done everything I want to do and it's there. Now I'm doing yeah. my own thing. So I started to work with like professional wrestlers. I had this company called Powerbomb where I do various like, you know, apparel, apparel stuff with like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho and a bunch of people. And then I finally got the confidence to kind of put my name on something uh, mm-hmm. like where it was like literally my name. So I started ish and had enough ideas to, to, to kind of like make that make sense um, in terms of like I have a full company. Like I had a year's yeah. worth of projects. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved in DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! So the hope is you have a year's worth of projects and they work. And in that meantime, you can start having more. Um, and then Bottleneck, Joe from Bottleneck reached out. It was really cool. Like, uh, you know, he's just kind of like, hey, we're fans. And if you have any ideas, you know, uh, let us know. And I think one of the first things I did, like I was in a meeting in L.A. And uh, it was with one of my friends and there was like this robocop poster on the ground like leaning mm-hmm. on the ground's frame but it was leaning on the ground and you've seen the robocop poster where he's kind of yeah. like coming out the car door or whatever mm-hmm. like the, the main the main kind of classic robocop thing yeah and i was like wow that's that looks completely different and i like kneeled down to look at it super close and i was like oh my god this is a painting mm-hmm. i was like what is this and he's like oh that's the original painting for it and i always thought it was photography but it was like an actual paint someone painted it Interesting. And I was like, wow. So I, I have a history of doing that sort of thing where I worked with Drew Struzan to do, um, you know, screen printed, like crazy 20 color, you know, screen prints of uh, the Thing poster, or yeah. we did a Frankenstein and we did a Dark Tower and stuff like that. 
so yeah, that was kind of when I brought to bottleneck is one of my first things. And I was like, Hey, I uh, know you guys have the Robocop license. Like, how about we do this poster? I have the original. So I rented a truck. We took it to static medium in LA and they, they photographed it and essentially scanned it like high res images of it that we could use for separations and separated that out. Um, and so it just started from there. Like they really trusted me and, it's nice because I really feel like they do trust me and I would never try to like recommend something that wasn't like going to be like, you know, in my mind, like a hit or something popular. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I'm, I'm kind of free to do whatever I want with ever, whatever I want with ish and whatever I want with uh bottleneck, you know, kind of like, like, cause technically like ish doesn't have the turtles license, but I, again, like, I'm not like, I don't have like an ego and I'm like, I don't really like need it. You know, as long as that like friends have it and they'll let me use it and kind of like do what I want to do. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, it works out great. Like I'm, I'm super happy with the relationship with them and I'm super happy with the ability to not be like handcuffed to where like I have an NDA and I have like, uh, you know, a non-compete where I can't do anything but for them. Right. Like I, I can kind of go anywhere and do whatever I want, which is really nice. Like I work with any single person and there's no one saying like, you can't do that which I, I love, like, I think that's a big thing for me is I, I like prefer to not work solo. Mm -hmm. I like to work with other people. So it's nice to be able to work with like a group that also has the, the same kind of mindset and same kind of like values on what they want to bring to the, the collectible um, scene. Yeah. Yeah. Working with bottleneck has been crazy cool. Like they, yeah. Because you kind of described it like any type of new project is like, nerves and sure. i've never done anything like this before i worked and it wasn't even in the cards to do this type of figure and so working with the sculptor that i was working with and then making it happen yeah bottleneck killed it they were doing yeah. so well yeah they're great i like yeah. them a lot um you having this position where you're able to work with other people and then like yeah. almost like work with other license like you said like you don't have access to but like still have access to it what is that what is that position called like is that a freelance that you're working with other people and you're able to partner with these what is that even called in the art world what would what would you call that um collaborator i guess okay you know like i i yeah i mean i guess you could technically say i freelance for other things but I think the cool part about it is like, you know, the turtle, the first turtle layered figure, that was a series that I started the TMNT first thing and yeah. I get to have my logo on it. And like, it, it's branded as like an ish thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm again, like I'm really appreciative that people let me kind of do this. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say it's like, I'm a professional collaborator yeah. or something like Which I is really such a sick job. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can kind of like, um, you know, if I want to do a record, I know people that I can go do the records with and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it, it's nice that I, I know I have enough relationships and know enough people to where like, if I can't do something or don't want to do something by myself, I can go and share it with someone else or work with someone else to do that. Yeah. One of the cool things, so I kind of want to start getting into your projects. You did something sure. that is absolutely incredible. Um, the podcast has given me the ability to talk to people like Scott Hensi and, and hear his story about sculpting and all those things. Um, and you did this piece where you wanted to um, do a wave two of it. 
and it never got produced and you went and found the original sculptor and worked with him and to figure out how to do it and he re-sculpted a hand like i have seen the story unfold why did you want to do Paluto, and what was the urging behind that? Oh yeah, um, Paluto. That was a really fun one. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess I should say, like, I mean, if it's not clear yet, I'm like a toy fan, so yeah. I follow like um, toy history. You should say, I could, I, I guess you could say, and and kind of like, you know, I. I I love like playmates in general, like the vintage playmates stuff, like specifically the stuff that was produced by Varner studios. And there would be like these lists that would come out all the time that were like top 10 unproduced toys or, you know, top 10 toys that never came out. Yeah. And, uh, the Pluto was always like on that list, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was like number one or it was always like a really late, it was on every list and you, you always have like one image of Pluto. And I, it just came like a lot of the stuff I, that I do comes from just a personal curiosity or I want to like, I want to know what it is or I want to know what happened with it. So I just started poking around and uh, writing to people and I got put on to Eddie Mosqueda, who is the original sculptor. He worked for Mattel. He, worked, he was the co-founder of Arner Studios. Um, but yeah, he he was just like, oh, I have it. He's like, I've got it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, can you send me photos? And he sent me photos. It was on his dryer. Like, you know, he, you know, the photos were on his dryer. He wasn't storing it on his dryer. He has like an archive or whatever. But he, yeah, he sent, he sent me all this stuff. And it was the, it was the one. It was mm. like painted. It had some cracks in it. And like you said, like a hand, he had like the hand had went missing. So he had to re sculpt. He had photos of the hand. So he re sculpted it. But like other than that, everything that is in the, Pluto project was scanned. Like I sent yeah. it to uh, the Four Horsemen. I work with them on a lot of stuff, and they they scanned it for me and and jointed it and got it all ready for the factory. And then uh, yeah, we painted it exactly like which which it's funny because like the photos have it painted one way, but like if you know like toys, like I would do this when I was little, where you would see like uh, you'd get a figure. And then on the back of the card, you would see the figure and it would maybe not be painted exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And that was from like a production standpoint where it's going to be like too expensive to to like paint it that way. So they're like, oh, don't paint this part. Don't paint this part. Don't paint this part. So yeah. that was that would like Pluto probably wouldn't have looked like it did in all the, the, the photos online from the 90s. If it had actually been produced, they would have not painted everything. But I wanted to do that. So it just, you know cost like a ton of money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it took it took forever to make just because we wanted to paint like you know a hundred plus you know hits on it type of thing it was like it was a little cup like you know it's supposed to be like an in and out looking cup so we paint it white and we paint it red and we paint this thing paint the straw yeah. so it's like a lot of a lot of little details but yeah that one was fun it was a really cool uh project like we were at comic-con this year and we we like just got the first box sample and lloyd kaufman came by the booth and saw it he was all like freaking out trauma yeah. the trauma booth came over and we're like all excited so it was really fun like that, that really it kind of makes everything worthwhile when people when you get it people are actually excited yeah so. it's an incredible story to see that you were able to track it down um there are pieces that 
for sure we hear all these toy lines that didn't get a wave two or didn't get mm-hmm. something um or we saw it over and over again in old toy catalogs where they like right. advertise all these toys and then they just never exist yeah and it was like yeah one of those toys that i i would kill for is um earthworm jim had a label slapped version of the pizza shooter vehicle oh cool and it's like it never got made i don't know one did for the image but i have no idea where that thing is didn't uh chicken run do that too they did and it's like yeah 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 because yeah. the dream shelf is to have three completed ones with <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I'll never collect chicken run, but that's such a funny right. thing yeah, to have. Yeah. Um yeah. but it's it, you did the the incredible thing that like makes the inner child go nuts. You found out who did it, who has it, and then worked with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I typically will try to um tell a story yeah. on like what because I, you know, like I again kind of feel like I'm part of the the collecting world. So if people are like, "What is this?" and have questions, I'm like, "Oh well, if I find out, I can like share with people, other people, and tell them like what this is." Yeah. Um, so that's 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 a, that's a huge part. Like, I I really feel like I don't do a ton of stuff. So when I do it, I want it to be like meaningful and have mm-hmm. like a point to it. So yeah, like I I really try to like be um uh very particular and and uh intentional with the projects i put out in hopes that each each one can be as close to like you know paluto level as possible like not everyone's going to be kind of an indiana jones-esque like i found the thing like and we'll show the thing like it's that's hard but um like like i never want you i never want someone like you or a person to be like uh why did you do this Mm -hmm. And I don't have an answer. Like I always want to have the why. I'm like, and 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 sold like to me first. Like where I know specifically why I did this, and I'm confident in it. So if anyone's like confused, I can be like, no, here's why. Yeah. Whether they understand or not, that's their thing. But like, I want to be able to like explain to the best of my ability what what I'm doing and why I'm doing it specifically. Absolutely. I uh, as a like a little piece to this. How nervous were you sending this one of one to Four Horsemen to scan? Like it's a, it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's. I, I feel like for me, I'm, I'm very nervous, and I think it that kind of comes from like. I feel like a lot of people trust me. Like mm-hmm. Eddie trusted me. Like he didn't know me, and I just emailed him, and I went to his house a couple times, and he was just like, I, you know, like sure you can send this thing you know like because you know like if you auctioned it off and you know it's like it has a value to it, it has a monetary value and like a yeah. sentimental value to him too so either way you slice it it's like it's important to him and i never want to yeah like i i think that if i was sending it internationally it'd be like way worse but you know yeah. for sure and you know domestically it was like pretty confident it's gonna show up but like you never know so yeah it was it was definitely kind of a checking the tracking every single day you know like where is it where is it where is it yeah yeah holy moly um for uh that as you're doing this what interests me so much about your work and the things that you have your hands in is all the projects look different because then we have something that is billy bob being produced which i had no concept of who that character was but because of that piece where did you grow up at in fresno 
Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's such a regional thing. Okay. Like like Showbiz Pizza and and that the Rock of Fire was such like a. I like to think of it as like a Midwest thing, but it was yeah. other places too. Like I grew up in Kansas City, and uh, like actually the first one was in Kansas City in this town called Antioch, and like there's a spider in the show that drops down from uh-huh. the tops. Um, his name is Zach. They named him Antioch because of Antioch, Kansas, where like, okay. the first one was. So yeah, I I would go there when I was little for like my birthday. Yeah, I, I would like request like I want to go to Showbiz and eat pizza and play because yeah. i had like an arcade i mean you know the whole thing like um but but yeah billy bob was always um he'll pop up in like movie random movies too like he's in the movie this horror movie called trick or treat okay like there's this scene at the end where they're they're wheeling people out on stretchers after the big kind of carrie-esque gym fire showdown type thing and there's yeah. he's just walking around in the background <laughs> for some reason <laughs> <laughs> like i have no idea why he was there but yeah, he'll just pop up in culture, pop culture type stuff here and there. So yeah, it's really cool. I because I saw it and it started me on this thing of like where, where do I find this? And then it was yeah. like, oh, this reminds me of Chuck E. Cheese. And yeah, now yeah. that Five Nights of Freddy is out with their toys and everything, and it was like, yeah, the, walking, watching you like walk through that process and the paint masks and how that thing like developed. Yeah. Uh, when you made that one and were walking through that process, was that also a new thing or had you done a project that you were like, I know how to do all these things. I'm not worried about it. Um, No, that one was new because uh, uh, like the, the big crazy part of that one was like the stripes, like getting yeah. the stripes done correctly and stuff. That was hard. It doesn't seem hard because you have toys like Beetlejuice that have stripes, mm-hmm. you know, black and white vertical stripes, but uh, yeah, it was just it just took a long time to get it looking correct. Um, and then, then we did I did two versions. I did a larger version than a smaller one. The first larger one came with like a removable face uh, where it had like a robot face underneath. Mm. So I think I wanted to kind of try uh, like I'm fascinated with animatronics. Like I used to have one. I didn't have a Billy Bob. I had a Rolf and Earl, mm-hmm. which is like the wolf and the little he's like the comedian wolf and the little hand puppet. But I, I think it's it's just that again that story of Showbiz Pizza and Aaron Factor, like kind of being like a literal like genius. Like he created Whack a Mole, um, he like designed all of the characters. He did all the animatronic work. He sang all the songs. He you know like he did every single thing with this yeah. group in Orlando called Creative Engineering. They still was in that same building up until a few years ago. So I just really respected it and really was like interested in learning more about it. And yeah. And, and that kind of being like, there is a showbiz fan base mm-hmm. and kind of like being in that fan base and seeing like, okay, I think this could support like a toy. Yeah. Um, kind of went for it and it worked. So that was yeah. a really fun one too. It worked like crazy. And I didn't know, I, I think you said it like there's a fan base and there's probably a yeah. fan base for everything. But that is sure. that's not one I would have ever picked out. And you went yeah. for it and did it, and like it was super successful. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the internet makes it, you know, so fun to kind of poke around and see like who's out there. And yeah. you know, when I would post about it, there'd be like a ton of people, like very passionate people about it. So yeah, and then and then you kind of get just toy fans that have seen it or that aren't like hardcore about it. They're just kind of like, oh, that's a cool toy. Like specifically yeah. the first one with the robot face i think people like that where you could have this 
because there is that like juxtaposition of cute thing and then the guts of it where it's yeah. like whoa there, there's all these photos of them burned on stuff online that are very creepy and spooky and which is probably what influenced five nights at freddy's honestly yeah. like i think a lot of that did so yeah it, it's it's again, that's another one where like you know it's cool that you pointed that out because I, I i try not to do um the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. um i tried to jump around and and like i like to have it i like to curate and so like i want everything that i do to kind of make sense and feel right together but it doesn't need to be the same thing over and right. over like uh pluto for instance i wanted to do something with godzilla um so i consider that my godzilla toy yeah because he's basically like a trash you know pollution godzilla yeah but i didn't really have any ideas for godzilla it's like you can do another godzilla another version of the the toys and stuff but it's just kind of doing another version so i didn't really feel like i had anything to offer there but like with this it's the same form with upright body and the long tail and i was like okay this is my godzilla so i was like happy to be able to work with a godzilla-esque property but not have it be that specific thing yeah which is it's to have that much forethought as well to like how you want things takes a, a whole nother level of skill like in my head if i wanted to work on projects i think now i would but like just starting out i don't know that i would have had the forethought of like oh i though i want to jump around i still want them to somehow fit and still yeah so that's yeah i want everything to fit on my shelf like there's nothing that i wouldn't put up um mm-hmm. so i think that's kind of one of the the foundational things for ish and you know the company but myself too it's like i don't want to work I don't, it's like i remember when i was trying to I, I really wanted to do like production stuff for movies yeah and someone told me really early on they're like oh well would you want to spend like x amount of time like a year or six months or even a couple months with this person and if you don't <laughs> why would you want to hire them and yeah so I, th- I look at that kind of like with toys and projects i'm doing it's like well like toys take toys take kind of like a minimum of like nine months type thing yeah um no matter how you do it like if you're going to do production-based toys it takes it takes a while so i kind of look at it like that where i'm like do i want to spend a year with this if the answer is no it's like i don't want to do it yeah so and i'll you know i'll i'll kind of i'll i'll have ideas for things and i'll hang out with whatever it is for a long time and see if i keep coming back to it and if i'm if i'm doing it for two weeks and i kind of like lose interest i know it's not for me type mm-hmm. thing like i'll read a comic and but kind of slow down on reading that comic maybe i don't want to do it anymore yeah. or maybe you know and that's that tells me like okay well maybe this isn't my property that i want to do at, you know it's like just yeah. a temporary like kind of like uh infatuation for me and i can move on but like most of the things i do is like a lifelong or you know very consistent very um proven thing for me that i want to yeah, yeah i for sure want to do this this prop this project absolutely like tur- turtles turtles is like a life that's like probably becoming like my favorite thing um yeah so like the, i could do anything with turtles and be happy with it yeah um but yeah just Which you know, some some new things i jump around on like i have to make sure that i really want to do that before yeah. i jump you know Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. This way cool artist unboxing. It counts under a thousand followers. Art out there for 30 bucks or less. 
Collector Spotlight. Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. News from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Before I you know, approach someone and try to work out a deal or something, I don't always say much time. So, Well, I'm glad you said that because I want to ask about Puglu. Yeah, yeah. And that is a piece that, like, it fits so, like, the head and the body just fit so perfectly together. And they, like, yeah. it's such a fun piece. That piece seems to be the one that fits differently in this grouping. Sure. What was the thing that brought you to Puglu? Um, well, the creator Adam Doherty had made this originally as a stop motion piece okay. for a music video. And I really, really like Ray Harryhausen and mm-hmm. stop motion in general, like Phil Tippett, uh, you know, Willis O'Brien. And I just thought it was so cool that Adam had taken the time to make this he worked at studio adi um just like a special effects group yeah and yeah i remember going up and meeting them and you know got taken on the tour of the old building and he showed me the the actual like puppet like you know the the armature like the one they they use for the video and i just thought it was such a cool idea and, and such a like again kind of the jumping around to different things like that was something where i, I early on in, in ish too i really wanted to specifically work with people that had their own ips that weren't mm-hmm. like turtles and bigger like kind of uh, generational things like that so yeah it was it was a really cool thing and again kind of looking at like is there a fan base like pugs people love pugs and they buy pug things so i was like okay i think we can maybe make this work yeah. so yeah um yeah it was just everything about it like adam is just awesome like he's so talented and i thought i thought the design of it was so cool and like the whole world like um he did this show in la where they showed the video and he made a giant hand um i had the hand in my front room for a really long time Mm -hmm. but like you could it's kind of like a king kong hand where you could step into the hand and it looked like he was like grabbing hold of you oh cool you could be like ah like and it would be like the hand is around your entire body yeah. He made this massive hand and made like the world and because the world is all like uh almost looks like uh you know things that would come out of like an aquarium or something but it's mm-hmm. like on planet p which is like a you know a, a, like an actual like planet in space it was just really cool and, and the colors i thought it looked so different so i wanted to really like try for something that wasn't i wanted to license something that wasn't like a license yet. yeah so then it worked. It, it, it went really, really well. I think he was happy with it. We did a couple versions. We did a small little baby Puglu um, version of it too. And yeah, I loved it. It was That was a really fun one. Yeah, it seems like such a fun project in that it like, my favorite toys are the things that merge a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and merging people that love Pugs with something that's in this like fantasy world is such a yeah. funny mix. And I love that it happened. Yeah, yeah, like people that would come up to shows, like if we're at Monster Palooza or somewhere, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. it's still crazy because people, like, several years later will still come by and they haven't heard of it, they haven't yeah. seen it before type thing, so, 
yeah, it's, it's really cool to keep on having that happen. Yeah. Which is so good. Um, as you progressed in this career, we talked a little bit about, um, the, um, Scott Pilgrim pieces yeah. and how that was kind of like new and the articulation was a whole nother beast and all that stuff. Walk me through that process. Cause it goes along. There's that cartoon on Netflix and it fits in sure. that. And yeah. Scott Pilgrim's a fantastic comic and movie and all those things. So as you're trying to get it perfectly right and work with this IP, what are the challenges that you're trying to figure out with articulation and making it all happen? Um, That's another, another one where it all kind of comes back. Like I like Scott Pilgrim a lot. Like I mm. like the comic and I love the movie, but I think that the creator Brian O'Malley is so like amazing. I think his art style is so unique. I think him as a person, he's just incredible. So I really wanted to work with him and keep working with him on stuff. And I met him originally at Mondo. We had him do a uh, a poster for Battle Royale. Yeah, he was just like so excited for it, and I was like, "Oh, it's so cool that he likes this movie." And we, I remember, we took this trip to the Houston Alamo location and drove, and <laughs> we like did this long car ride together and yeah. we just stay in touch over the years. And we made like a, at Mondo, we made the first ever Ramona figure. It was mm -hmm. like a statue. And so then when I left there and started my own company, I reached out to him and said, Hey, how about we do like an actual like figure line of, you know, at least Scott Ramona to start. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on a wave. Uh, I guess you'd call it like a wave three, but we're doing non Scott Ramona characters right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, those, those I really, 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 uh, the top line thing for me was to keep the art style intact. Yeah. Like I didn't want to go too far down, uh, and action figureize it to where, you know, like a lot of people will talk about like not having articulation in the lower half, but mm -hmm. I didn't like, usually for me, when you have figures that, um, especially like female figures, when you articulate the knees, if they don't have like pants on and it's just like skin, it looks really weird and for me like i i like will stand the figures up in mm -hmm. kind of a cool pose and then be done with it like i'm not like a toy photographer so i really yeah. went into it with that you know and, and, and really like brian was this i i like to call these like brian's perfect figures because he like he yeah. you know draws over everything and he comments on everything and i really want him to be happy with them um but yeah like those for sure came from a place of keeping his art style intact and really making them comic centric and not making them movie at all. Like mm. nothing about them. This is like, this is from the comic only and yeah. not from the, the film. Yeah. That is, that was always the craziest thing. I know when you make live action movies, of course they look different, but it like felt different than the comic and everything. Right. But, right. So to see the figure that matches the comic is a good nod, like such a good, thing that's happening well I, I think the movie just inherently because of live action you're not going to get brian's style just because it's a live act it's like you're you're casting actors to kind of resemble these you know cartoon characters basically like these comic book characters yeah but i think with 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 like the even the anime uh on netflix i think they did such a good job and it was such a smart decision to make it his art style mm -hmm. i think if you just generic it out and made a scott pilgrim thing without his art style it wouldn't have been as good um right. i think it still would have been good because 
Ben David Grabinski and him wrote it, and they're really talented and, and cool guys. But I think that Brian's art is just so important to Scott Pilgrim. Like, yeah. you know, Scott Pilgrim, we did a signing with him at Comic-Con this year, San Diego last year. And uh, it, was just, it was just amazing to see the amount of people that still come out for that comic. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the the anime had barely been announced. There weren't really any like images out, and we were doing the toy, and you know, there was people like freaking out about the toy still, and and I think specifically because we kept the the style of the book. Yeah, I think that was so important. But like everything else that came with it, uh, we worked with Isabel Anderson on the sculpting, and part of it was, can we have like. Can it can it do enough stuff to where it, you can make cool poses? Yeah. And so like there, you know, you can make it do a lot of cool things, even though we don't have like pop out heads and all this other stuff. We have different hands, and different you know accessories and weapons. Mm-hmm. So you can do enough with it to really get the flavor of the characters from the book, um, yeah. but not have to ha- go too crazy with like a million pieces and just kind of like I like I like to have things a little bit <clears throat> like a little bit simpler. Mm-hmm. and not go overboard with stuff that you may or may not use and yeah i think i, I i'm really happy with how those came out too like i nice. think the yeah the art he did new art for the packaging and yeah it, it was a, it was a really fun one and we he actually just sent in notes for wave uh whatever the newest wave last night so we're hopefully in 2024 gonna have more we're working on three new figures for 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 those awesome like non-scott non-scott and ramona three new characters so yeah yeah we, I uh, looking at a picture of him signing and just how excited people were, like yeah. for him to sign those packages. That was a cool thing to see. I again, yeah. like I didn't know, um, that kind of animation just isn't in like my normal world, and so I have to like seek right. it out. But seeing yeah. the fan base is awesome, like that. Yeah, it's it's like again, kind of. Do I want to spend a large amount of time with these people? Yeah. Meaning like Brian in this case. Uh yeah, for sure. Like he it, it, it's so cool like it's there's nothing worse than working with someone. I'm not saying I have never haven't necessarily, but like people that just are like over it and mm-hmm. are too too big to care and it's just like, yeah, I've done this a million times, this is whatever. Uh it's really cool that he's still like excited about like that signing and yeah. meeting the fans and he he's really passionate about it. So I think the fact that he is very particular on what he does is also appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's very kind of like uh, um, intentional about the things he does. And he wants it to make sense too. He just doesn't, you know, I'm sure there could be way more Scott Pilgrim merchandise out there, but you know, the fact that he look kind of like in his own, like own self, like wants this, this and this, like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. One of the, I mean, in working with people that have done it a million times that immediately makes me think of Ninja Turtles because they've done everything sure. under the sun. Yeah, yeah. In working with that IP, do you get whiffs of that where it's like, everything's been done. How do I put my spin on it? How do I do this? What are the, um, I actually, for me, like, I, I think it's a fun challenge knowing awesome. that like everything's been done, but I, I tend to like, gravitate towards other things than what people are doing currently. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people love to like um, go towards the cartoon and the kind of pizza turtles and uh, the playmate stuff, which I love. But like, again, like, you know, you have 
NECA and Super 7 doing mm -hmm. those figures. And so it's like, I can't, I can't really contribute a lot to that. Um, we are going to have something cool coming out probably in the first couple months of 2024 regarding awesome. the plane mates type of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, I am such a diehard like Mirage early era type of, uh, you know, turtles fan. Yeah. The fact that like, like this is like, like people talk about like, you know, the American dream or whatever, like those dudes made like a billion dollars off of just goofing around yeah and making like these ninja turtles like kind of that's that's kind of why i love about the the team and first line is there's been so many different versions of these things and you know exactly what they are mm -hmm. kind of going back to the very very first time something was drawn or sculpted and looking at like what that looks like yeah. i think is very fascinating and it, it just kind of in general like you know the main new hampshire kind of connection and um you know Kevin Eastman's like cooking lobsters in between trying to make money. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really fascinating that they became these uh, legends and got to like make comic books for a living for a while until it became like the, you know, the huge behemoth of turtle licensing and everything in the nineties. So, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, for me, it, I like looking at it because I want to contribute to turtles and so I, it's fun to kind of look and see like, okay, what can we get away with and what can we do that hasn't been done before? Mm -hmm. Or what can we do that's like new and exciting for people that, you know, again, like everything's been, everything's been done kind yeah. of idea, but trying to, trying to, I think that's like, you know, looking at like, again, kind of talking about like, what do you do? What are you like? Are you an artist? I think one of my gifts is like creative license thing. Mm -hmm. And like, like Amanda, for instance, one of my, most proud things was like iron giant yeah like they didn't do that that was not a active thing and we had to convince them to do iron giant again and then that led to the release and the 4k blu-ray like we were like we were literally asking them for the rights to to make it on blu-ray because mm -hmm. we're like people will buy this this is a pop and they didn't care like they they have these sheets that they look off of for numbers of the original dvd sales and movies that that like underperformed um, and we were just so confident about it. So like, that's an example of like, okay, that's not like a thing that, you know, like if you're getting pitched to buy studios, that would not be one that they're pitching you. Mm -hmm. Like they're pitching whatever, like Game of Thrones and, you know, yeah. like the, the bigger tentpole type things of the, of the era, but they're not pitching that. So I like to look through old lists and see like, what's, what do you have that you're not using? Can we somehow resurrect that and use it? Mm -hmm. with turtles it's like so big and so massive and they've done so many things for 40 years now it's a, it's kind of a similar thing where i can go through and be like oh can we do the peter laird first version of the turtle you know i did the mm -hmm. kevin eastman one at mondo um and so yeah like it just kind of with that mindset of what hasn't been done what what would be interesting if the, you know preferably has some historical context to it i think that's where i where I kind of get excited with things. Yeah. And I, it breeds life back into toys and into pop culture when you resurrect those old things. Like Iron Giant yeah. is such an incredible thing to resurrect yeah. and to do. And so to see that things like that are happening, it's on this end of it, it's really cool to see. Um, yeah. To be a part of it, I bet you it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. Like I, I like to be like – kind of 
kind of be close to being the first to do things if mm-hmm. possible. Like even if it's an older thing and kind of bringing it out and, um, you know, like there's like musicians that will, you know, sample a song, an yeah. old song. And beca- or it's like, look at, look at like Stranger Things, like with the Kate Bush song, you know, that was like the hugest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like number one on charts or whatever and made her like millions of dollars because <laughs> they put it in a show and people thought it was cool. So I, I think that's in a way what I enjoy doing is like, hey, here's this movie or hey, here's this comic or hey, here's this thing that you may not be thinking about right now, but you'll remember it. And, and, and especially too, even if it's not like a, like a remembering thing, it's a, can you be introduced? Like Scott Pilgrim, can you be introduced to Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Never read it before or maybe seen it. Yeah, like a lot of people have like seen the movie, but then you read the comic and it's like a completely different thing. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of it is like, like whenever I'm doing something in a weird way, like I'm vouching for it, I'm mm-hmm. co-signing it and kind of saying like, hey, like not like directly even, but like if I'm doing it, I'm saying, hey, you should check this out too. It's really cool. Yeah. And the hope is people will will go do that and enjoy something new. What's cool. Um, so in the like, resin toy scene and and sometimes the sofubi and and it just toys in general it's hard to get people that aren't into toys sometimes into and i think yeah the way that you just pitched it it helps people have an easy on-ramp because some of yeah. these parts of the scene are not easy to get into and right. i think that helps a lot which is it's cool to see that that's we're always looking for ways to get more people in so that's cool that that's happening yeah, yeah, just having a gateway to something. Like, I've, I've thought this, I remember being in college and kind of getting looked at weird with, like, having a toy or something or, like, looking yeah. in the toy aisle. But I was just like, man, it's going to be to the point where, like, toys are going to be, like, everywhere and everyone's going to have them and it's not going to be weird. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, everyone's going to have, like, at least a little. And that was kind of, like, kind of the thought process behind Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. It's like, you could buy a Ramona put it on your shelf or at your desk and it's not going to be weird because it's yeah. like this cool girl and it's this cool like you know tough character with swords or with roller you know roller blades on or something it's like it's not going to be like you know not that there's any like if you put something else it would be weird but it's like it's not going to be I, I just feel like it's going to be like this is so normalized now like mm-hmm. toys are just like especially kind of with like um just like you know, even like Funko Pops, like I'm not a huge fan, but just like, those are just like something that exists and people have them. Yeah. And it's like, it's a toy. It's still a physical, it's, you know, it's like plastic or vinyl or whatever. Like you said, resin, I think resin, Safubi and those things, they're tougher just because, I mean, I ran into this at Mondo with the screen printed posters. Like, it's just like, people don't understand price point because they think everything's the same. And yeah. so a screen printed poster is the same as an offset poster, which is like, it's not. And so, like, you look at, like, a Marvel Legends figure, maybe it's 20 or $30, and you have someone selling a resin figure for 75 It's like, well, a toy's a toy, right? And it's like, well, no, this, the resin thing, you're not making as many, and there's, like, a lot of, like, hands-on one person doing every single thing, and it costs mm-hmm. a ton of money versus, you know, like, Hasbro making, you know, 50000 of something or 100000 of something in China. Like, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, and it's not bad necessarily, like people don't care and I understand that, but I think it's part of my job I've learned is to kind of be a salesman in a way and explain like why these are different mm-hmm. and, you know, like why a screen printed poster is different than a normal poster. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Which is, yeah, that uh, them understanding the price point thing is really right. tough sometimes. Um, yeah. But, and there's not the same way that there's trouble in explaining maybe what you do. It's also probably right. trouble explaining and like, no, no, this is different than what you think. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've really tried to like not get frustrated with people when they don't understand. Cause I get it. It's yeah. like, that's not your thing and whatever. Like, um, you know, I'm sure I'm that way with other things too, that I'm not into like music. Like people yeah. try to explain stuff sometimes on different things. I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. Like I, you know, I'm not like crazy about it. Right. Yeah. So I think the same thing. It's like, if you're not into toys, there's kind of really no reason for you to be into resin figures or mm -hmm. booby necessarily. Like it just doesn't like, if you're not willing to do this one, like, which is the easy entry point, you're probably not over here trying to buy the crazy limited expensive thing. Right. right. So it's just like, okay, like, you know, I, 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 I choose my battles and with that type of stuff, it's just like, yeah, it's expensive. And that's some people like it and some people won't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's part of one thing I try to do too is like whenever possible, try to make things as like affordable mm -hmm. as can be. But you know, again, like it's it's hard sometimes when you're doing low run things and this and that. So it just depends on how, how it's made and how many you're making. Yeah. When you look over your career um with Ish and with Mondo and all the pop culture stuff that you've done already. Um, yeah. and then you kind of look into the future a little bit. Where do your hopes for ish and or IPs that are dreams to work with things like that in the next like five ten years? Um, I like to think about you know like I I am really proud of what I did at Mondo and I'm really proud of what I've done at Ish so mm -hmm. far. Um, I think that I could do more with a with a larger group. I don't know what that is. Like if it's at a studio level or, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of running a larger kind of department somewhere. Like I've always, I, to be honest, I've always dreamed of going into Playmates and running something there. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's like, if I had to pick like a toy company to, to um, not reinvent or resurrect or whatever, but I think Playmates has the most, uh, the most like potential and so I, I could definitely see myself going in there and, and doing something interesting with their existing ips and their existing kind of molds and whatnot yeah. so i i just yeah i don't know i i like to i like to kind of daydream about stuff like that but not get like so specific to where it's like limiting um i love what i'm doing and I just want to keep growing that and doing stuff that like matters um and that makes sense to me and hopefully makes sense to other people too dude thank you so much for coming on yeah the yeah, last part is just uh, a moment to plug um your instagram plug your website plug whatever you'd like um so that we can get more people to you if you have upcoming sure. toy releases all that stuff so this is just for that right here cool yeah i mean it's it's really simple justinishmail.com yeah and justin ishmael on instagram um i post i i feel like i'm the worst at instagram i post like once a month type thing where it's yeah. like nothing it's like a photo of me with a book or something <laughs> like it's i did it's see about, the book do, one <laughs> yeah yeah that was really i was really excited about that book um but yeah so that's that's where I, you can find me you can 
you know, be on my mailing list. Um, I would also say follow Bottleneck Gallery. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff with them. It's just bottlenetgallery.com and then Bottleneck Gallery on Instagram. Um, we have a lot of stuff coming up. It's, a, it's like the Turtles 40th anniversary this year. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and we have a bunch of Turtles stuff coming out for that. Um, I've got this Mouser project coming out that I'm so pumped about that okay. people are like going to freak out about. Um, so that'll be really cool. We have more comic books coming, Turtles comics. Uh, we have more team and T firsts in that line coming. That'll be cool. Got a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the new Scott Pilgrims are going to be coming hopefully this year. Um, yeah, we got you know, lots of posters. Martin Anson's working on a really great poster for us right now. So yeah, I mean, uh, just follow us there and we'll we'll share when we can. Heck yeah, dude! Thank you again so much for yeah. coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it.